This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Welcome to the PWC-KWHS podcast series for high school educators on business and financial responsibility. I'm Diana Drake, Managing Editor of Knowledge at Wharton High School, and today we are discussing the intersection of technology and finance. Technology is dramatically changing the way consumers handle personal financial transactions. Everything from online banking and virtual wallets to barcode-based mobile payments and cryptocurrencies. We are here to explore what that changing landscape looks like and what the technological shift means for the future of money management and financial capability. Also, how can educators prepare students to use these high-tech tools to manage their finances responsibly and successfully? This is part one of our four-part technology and finance discussion with Wharton International Management Professor Mauro Guillen and PwC partner Elizabeth Dieppe during which we focus on the broader landscape of the influence that technology is having on personal finance. So let's get started with the basics. Uh, Technology, as we know, now plays an important role in the financial lives of consumers. But really, let's get at where is this intersection of technology and finance? What exactly are we talking about when we refer to the influence that technology is having on personal finance? And would you call it an evolution or a revolution? Liz? Thanks, Diana. I think that it's a very good question, and I think that we will all agree that technology has truly transformed our lives in countless ways over the last 20 to 30 years. And I would say, particularly when you think about smartphones and how that has progressed over the past decade or so, I think that this is particularly true in the personal finance arena where technology has truly revolutionized our behaviors and our day-to-day activities, what we do and how we do it. Uh, The adoption of uh, digital technology by everyone has raised expectations of what's possible. And I think that it's created this new normal and level of uh, customer service and expectations that consumers now have. Um, Last year, PwC conducted a survey, and and we went out and we surveyed global CEOs and learned that 81% of CEOs believe that technology will truly transform their business over the next couple of years. And so not not so much in the far future as was believed um, in time past. Now, this digital revolution has created a new generation of consumers who want more. They want more access, they want more portability, more flexibility, and this ability to really customize your products and services, and in some ways even customize our experiences. I think that consumers expect more seamlessly and in real time, Uh, and they are pretty comfortable moving between the physical and the virtual worlds. And I think that they're prepared to disclose disclose quite a lot of information about themselves in order to get uh, what they want. Now, we have a growing number of companies that are investing in social media, uh, mobile devices, cloud computing, and big data. Um, And and we're doing that to engage with customers in new ways and gather insights for developing and marketing new offerings more effectively. I mean, this is is the way of change and the way of the future, really. So to your question, Diana, around whether this is a revolution or evolution, I think that in reality it's a little bit of both. You know, all the signposts for change are here. Many players are now innovating, uh, innovating and are experimenting with new products. Uh, new delivery channels, new analytics, and new data to really understand how do we serve the consumers better. Um, the pace of change is 
moving actually pretty quickly. And any banks, either consumer products and the like, that fail to shift gear truly are at risk of losing their customer base. So moving on to the next question, what what has this intersection meant for the financial services sector, everything from commercial banking to investment services, and what are the implications for the banking and capital markets of this merger of tech and finance? Um, Liz, that's a little bit of your world, so can you take the lead on that one? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, this is in the top of the minds of many of our clients and folks that we talk to every day. Um, the reality is that technology has changed everything and has become a strong enabler of increased services and honestly, at a lower cost. Um, as, as you can imagine, we do a lot of research, <laughs> and PwC's research on the future of retail banking in light of all these technological advances show that as technology is evolving and evolving pretty quickly, we're now really at a tipping point that suggests that this new digital age will drive huge shifts in industry value, anywhere from compressing revenues to enabling new attackers and truly redefining when and how these services will reach uh, the consumers. An interesting technology trend that, that an interesting technology trend that I'm sure you're all seeing is that there are numerous mobile apps being developed every single day uh, for smartphones. I know we have many uh, here at our firm. And what this is doing is that it's enabling individuals to manage their finances on their own without the need, in many instances, of a banker. What this means for banks and for financial advisors is that in today's technological world, if technology is not up to par, you run the risk of losing clients. Um, And many of our clients, both uh, when you look at investment services as well as commercial banks, know that. And so they look to keep up the pace of change. And technology is a big driver of this. As this new millennial, millennial generation is beginning to dominate the market in terms of dollars, the financial service sector is targeting their efforts towards that generation. Uh, commercial banking and investment services are making big bets on the millennials. This is why we see so many, so many personal finance tools geared towards this generation's mindset, tools that help you with budgeting, planning, and managing money right from the convenience of your smartphone. I think that a good example of this is this web-based platform that many of you probably know called Mint.com. You know, Mint provides an easy-to-use platform where you can see what your budget was, how much you spend, and how much of that is outside of your budget. You know, it's a cool, user-friendly design, and really it's geared towards this millennial generation. And it keeps evolving, and I think that it will keep evolving to really attract uh, sort of this new generation that is now the biggest user of this, te- of this technology. And I'll tell you that compared with adults over the age of, 34, of 35, the research truly suggests that millennials are 67% more likely to find new technology exciting and use it as much as they can. Mauro, Liz just touched on a few of them, but what do you see as some of the most important innovations in financial consumer-related technology in recent years, things from online banking to mobile wallets? Well, all of this started, of course, with the telephone, uh, maybe 25 years ago or so, telephone-based banking. And then the Internet, uh, you know, became the... Uh, the medium uh, through which uh, banks and other financial institutions will reach uh, customers and try to sell products and service them. But more recently, as uh, Liz was saying, uh, this has moved into the uh, social media sphere and uh, mobility has become, of course, uh, you know, the most important uh, development uh, with all of those apps. And uh, I guess uh, at some point in the near future, we're going to see the emergence of true digital currencies as 
most likely the next wave of, uh, of innovation. Uh, what I would like to add is that um, different financial companies, uh, so financial advisors, banks, insurance companies, have approached this new world in different ways. And uh, for the most part, up until pretty much today, most of them have just added another channel of communication with the customer. What remains to be done is not so much to incorporate new technologies, but rather to find a way of um, rethinking uh, the entire approach to the customer, right, using these new technologies so that um, banks and other types of financial companies don't have like 20 different channels, 20 different ways in which they can reach the customer and the customer can reach, you know, the company or the bank. Uh, so I think that's where the action is today. It is a little bit on the technology front, uh, but it's also on the app front, as Liz mentioned. It's also um, in terms of uh, inventing a true digital currency and then how the entire business model, right, not just the technology part of it, but the entire business model of banks and financial institutions perhaps needs to change. So as I mentioned earlier, we have some questions from high school teachers from around the country, and I'd like to touch on our first one. Latricia Flax, an educator from Trigo Community High School in Kansas, says that she still teaches high school students how to balance a checkbook. She wants to know how important and relevant this and other fundamental money management tools are in light of emerging technologies. Liz? Yes, I would say, Latricia, thank you for doing that, and please keep doing it. I think that um, it's, a, it's an excellent question and one that I think we always think about as to, you know, are we outdated? Should we doing should we be doing something different? Um, but to that, I'll say that, you know, technology has given us many tools that make our lives easier, uh, but these are just that. They're, they're tools uh, to enable us to transact with banks, to do things a little bit easier. But that cannot replace uh, the base case that we need to know. We need to be educated consumers, and what that means is that we need to know what's happening behind the technology. Um, you know, now the reality is that consumers, and especially, I'm sure, students, are more likely to have their smartphones on them than, uh, than a checkbook. And so in this very automated world of online bill payment and, and tons of mobile apps, I think that students still need to have a fundamental understanding of what, what it means to have a budget, how to balance the budget. And that's essentially what we were doing when we were balancing our checkbooks, right? It's looking at... You know, what was the budget? How much are we over or under that budget? I think that, I think that that's a fundamental tool that never, or a fundamental understanding of financial concepts that never gets outdated and that technology uh, won't replace. Um, I'll say that, unfortunately, what the data shows is that American teens lag behind, you know, many of our international, their international peers when it comes to uh, financial literacy. Um, what this means for us in the U.S. is that financial literacy amongst uh, young people uh, has really been lagging. Um, it, it has to be a priority. You know, as many in this uh, podcast know and, and have shown an interest, um, and it's because these fundamental uh, know-hows have not uh, need to be implemented and taught a bit more uh, to all, and the, the reliance of technology I think, uh, needs to be used as a tool, but the understanding needs to be there first. 
So another question from an educator, um, Christopher Breida, a teacher at Benjamin Franklin High School in Philadelphia, wonders about the potential of technology to inspire real change in financial transactions. He says, in education, technology is sometimes used just to digitize hard copies of things like textbooks, but doesn't result in real change. So do emerging ideas address how the financial system can truly change with technology? Liz? Yes, I'll be happy to take that. Uh, absolutely. I think that, yes, there are many examples where we're just shifting, and to Christopher's question, we're just shifting from doing one, doing things one way to another but not uh, bettering or really being innovative. I think that's not the case when we think about the real change that financial transactions and that technology is having on personal finance. I mean, when we look at the past several years, advances in mobile and web-based technologies have really fueled a lot of simple, innovative solutions that influence our behaviors. So that means that technology is really, truly changing how we do things. And I'll I'll give you an example. You know, a client of a bank or a wealth manager nowadays has technology at their fingertips for managing their finances, where just a few years ago, only a financial analyst or specialist would have this information. And so what that has meant is that the role of financial advisors have turned more to be a supporting role rather than managing the functions because customers are able to manage and monitor their own finances through these professional tools right out of, you know, their PCs, your smartphones, or your own tablets. So clients are much more up-to-date now concerning their accounts, your saving habits, your assets, and know a lot more about the opportunities and really the threats in the marketplace. Uh, that makes them much more independent and self-determined. Uh, I'll say another development is that financial advisors will increasingly face competition with what it's called in the industry as robo-advisors. So these are, you know, really computer-based programs that create individual solutions based on algorithms. So what this has meant for the industry is that advisors now change into being more coaches or I'll call it psychological role models as opposed to being the ones leading the transactions because customers are much more educated in terms of what the information, their assets, and what they need from a financial plan. So these are real behaviors that we have seen in changes, and and these changes have come across because of the technological advances that we've seen in the personal finance arena. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.com. Dot edu.